Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, good morning. It is so good to be here with you guys this morning. How's everybody doing? Amen. Amen. Hey, we've had such a great year, haven't we? Man, our, our, our year in Revelation had taught us so much. You know, like the big takeaways, the big picture things that I'm reminded of are, are God's sufficiency. And when he says he's going to do something, he does it, right? And how Jesus time and time and time again has shown his faithfulness. And he is the redemption for mankind. He is our salvation. And no matter what happens in the world, we have him and the world has no power nor authority over him. Amen? Amen. Man, and when, when I think back to our series in Revelation, it just, it wells me up and it gets me fired up about Jesus and about the power and authority that we have in him and how we can rest in him and find strength in him. And then we move into Daniel, and we're talking through Daniel, and we're seeing these young men live out that type of faith in their lives, right? To where they're like, you can take my life, but you cannot take my relationship with the Lord. You can ask me to do all of these things, but there's a line, and I'm sorry, I will not cross that line. There is nothing that you can do that will ever make me cross that line because my faith, my hope, my life, my all is found in knowing God. And just seeing their story and seeing the devotion and the conviction and the faith and the strength and the trust in God that they have, man, it, it, it fires me up as well. It gives me strength and it helps me to hold on to the things that I know in life are, are meaningful and powerful. And it makes me want to stand up and, and, and be a champion for Christianity for his faith and his way and wanting people to know Jesus. And I feel like over the last year, we've had a, such a, a great opportunity to really cast the big net for what we are as a church and who we are to be in this world. But there's a slippery thing that happens in the middle of that. We can get so excited and we can get so ramped up that we forget what's going on real close. And that's what this message about is about today. What's happening real close? So close that sometimes you may not even know that it's happening. Let me help you get there. Think of a time when you were misunderstood, when you were falsely accused, ignored, overlooked, marginalized, assaulted, abused, rejected, isolated, abandoned, humiliated, fired, threatened, hated, or even disrespected. All the life I brought in the room just got sucked out by saying those words, didn't it? Because those words, they mean something to me. And I think those words mean something to you too, because I think each and every one of us identifies with at least a few of those words. 
Why? Because we've all been betrayed. Because every one of us have had people in our lives that we would say are friends, family, trusted co-workers that have broken our spirit, that have broken our trust, that have broken our heart. And the reality of life is so much of it, it happens right here. So it's great for us to have this big picture idea of who we are as the church, but if we cannot find peace here, the church will never be what God has called it to be. Sit in these words with me for a few minutes. Seek God. Mourn with God. Pray to God. Long for God's comfort. Leave justice to God. Trust God for all things. Nothing about us in there, is there? This morning, as we turn our attentions to Psalm 55, we're reminded of this same struggle and these same issues that David had. And so would you stand with me as we read Psalm 55 together and we, we find how much we truly relate to King David. Starting in verse 1, give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and the tempests. Destroy, O oh Lord. Divide their tongue, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, an equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the commotion. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I, I call to God. And the Lord will save me. Evening and morning 
and at noon. I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old, Selah, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half of their days. But I, I will trust you, Lord. Father, we thank you for that trust. We pray that we lean in and we learn how we can trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. Put yourself in David's shoes. David was in battle. David was in a situation where he was trying to do the very thing that God had asked him to do, to become king, to live out the calling, to live out the things that God had put before him. But at every turn, friend and foe tried to keep him from that. And in this prayer, in this moment, it's his friends. It's those that were as close to him as companions, that had betrayed him, that were jealous of him, that did not want him to achieve the goals that God had put before him. Put yourself in David's shoes. The people that he had trusted, the people he had served with, ate with, laughed with, groaned with. We're out to kill him, destroy him, marginalize him, abuse him, hate him, misunderstand him, disrespect him, much like the issues that we deal with. And as you put yourself in David's shoes, Think about this. This is not an enemy that David had to deal with because the scripture in 12 through 15 says he could have, he could have bore that. And it's not people that hated David necessarily because he could have hid from them. And it's not those that truly disrespected David to his face because he could hide from them as well. It was a man, his equal his companion, his familiar friend. Those are the betrayals that hurt the most. Those are the betrayals that shape us the most. Whatever is going on out there, it affects us. But I'll tell you, if I feel that the people that I love the most have betrayed me, that's much deeper much more real and very raw. I am not prepared to deal with anything out there if I cannot deal with the things that are right here. 
And that is where every single one of us is. The persecution that you face is not a persecution that is to come, although it is, and it will be, and it's real. But the persecution that you face today is more likely a persecution that you wake up with, a persecution that you've become very comfortable with, a persecution that may control you more than you know, because it's been a part of you, and you have given it the keys of your heart, and you've opened up and allowed it in. And it continues to tear you down. So it's time that we take those betrayals and we turn them into peace. And that can only be found in doing the very things that David did in this prayer. But before we get there, I need you to kind of think this through. How do you handle betrayal? If you were to look at your day in and day out life, how do you handle betrayal? If you're anything like me, many times I ignore it. Or if there's somebody that betrays me, they'll never betray me again because I'm marking them off. I'm never going to think about them again. I'm never going to see them again. They're deleted from my phone. They don't exist. Or I'll come up with some type of excuse to where next time I'm with them, they're going to feel worse than I felt. Betrayal. It's ugly. It's gross. And it festers. What does scripture instruct us to do as we deal with betrayal? Think about that for a second. Well, Romans 12, 18 says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with those that you like. No, it doesn't say that. It says live at peace with everyone. I don't know about you. I can't do that. There's no way that I can do that. If I spent my entire life and every ounce of energy I had to become that person, I never could. It's impossible. There's a lot of impossibles in the Bible for us because they're supposed to be. Because the reality of it is, it's he that lives in us that gives us the strength to be able to become that. And even then, it's not us becoming that. It's him shining himself through us because we are dying and he is living. You see, when it comes to those types of betrayals and, and statements like Paul made when he, when he said, when it's at all possible, live at peace with everyone, he's putting us in a situation where we have to come face to face with the deepest, most uncomfortable things in our lives that we hold on to, that we feel like we need to hold on to, that we feel like we must control so that we can be like Jesus. But in the midst of that statement I just said, the subject matter is me. And I do this for him. I'm sorry, he doesn't need us to do anything for him. 
He is sufficient. He does the work. Matter of fact, the work is done. We just need to receive it. And as we receive that work, and as we learn to live and trust in that work more and more and more, it's easier and easier, never easy, but easier to let go and trust God to do a work in us that only he can do. So our work is to engage each betrayal, each persecution that comes our way and filter it through this. Christ has paid the penalty for that. It's not mine to fix. It's his and his alone to fix. Romans followed by James 4.12 says this, there is only one lawgiver and judge. He was able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? In other words, who are you to fix your neighbor? You're not to fix your neighbor. Now, you may be used to help them know Jesus, but you're not there to fix them. You're there to die. You're there to die so that he may live through you. And he give you the words to say. He give you the joy to share. He give you the wisdom to impart. He give you the love to be patient. It's not a work that you can do in and of yourself. It's a work that he does through you for his glory. Because if you could do it, you'd have something to boast about, wouldn't you? But we know that scripture says that there is nothing that we can do because we cannot boast about anything. But what can we boast about? Christ alone. So our job and our duty is to die so that he may live. And I don't know about you, but when I read David's prayer, it just feels like he's dying. Think about this. David is faced with these men that he loved. But in verse 19 through 21, it reveals to us that he, he even says there's no change. They don't fear God. They put forth their hands against those who were at peace. They violate the covenant. They have smooth speech but have war in their hearts. And their soft words are like drawn swords. The people in our lives that are closest to us are those that will cut us the most. A sword is a battle, that, is a weapon that is used in a battle of close contact. So those that are closest to us are the ones that could use a sword. You know, if, if I was taking care of a young child, six-month-old baby, 
and I had this deep longing to have a meaningful conversation. And I turned to that baby, and I started trying to have a meaningful conversation with that baby. I'm not going to get very far. So I have two options. I can get really upset and annoyed and bothered and flustered that this six-month-old is not able to give me what I need. Or I can just realize that it's a six-month-old baby and allow it to be a six-month-old baby. So when someone that doesn't know Christ, that's hardened, that's violent, that attacks peace, is in your life, why should that offend you? That's all they know. It's not like they know Christ. It's not like they have Christ living within them that's transforming them day in and day out. If a dead man acts like a dead man, we shouldn't expect him to live like a man that knows Jesus. So those people in your life that betray you, that hurt you, that, that, that break you down, maybe they're just doing all they know. So don't allow it to hurt you. Allow it to inform you of the condition of their heart and give you an opportunity to do what David did. Pray. Pray for them. Any work of God, any work of God begins and ends and lives in prayer. We have to be a people that pray. In verse 17, David even reminds himself in this prayer that evening and morning and noon, he prayed. He lived his life communing with the Father. Not just doing the work of God, but being with God. And I would argue that being with God is the work. Not for just him, but for all of us. We must be a people. As we look at Daniel, what is one of the key characteristics that we've seen in Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They prayed. And how often did they pray? Morning, noon, and night. Which could also maybe imply that they prayed all the time. That it was who they were. Because they knew that the more they thought the more they tried to do, the more they'd get in the way. But the more they focused their attention on God and prayed, the more he would work in and through them. We must be a people that pray. When I've been in those situations where I've been hurt 
angry, betrayed, frustrated. And I've turned to prayer. One of the quickest things that happens is God gets a hold of my heart and helps me realize how much I'm the problem. And turns me to repentance and confession so that I can be freed up to love like he's commanded me to love. We find ourselves at the very end of this prayer with David turning to the hardest part of all. He reminds us that at the end, we have to be able to trust. The scripture says this, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved, but you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half of their days, but I will trust in you. The funny thing about betrayal, it kills trust. When, when we go through those moments where our heart has been severed, when we've been broken or hurt deeply, we're not going to want to trust again because we don't want to go through that again. When things get difficult, we try to avoid our reposition to where that thing never happens again. But the truth of the matter is when we trust in the midst of uncertainty, it frees God up to do what only God can do. You might say, Pastor, how, how can I trust someone that time and time and time and time again has just proven themselves untrustworthy? I'd start by saying, who are you trusting? Because I can have a relationship with someone that doesn't know the Lord, that's betrayed me before. I can give them forgiveness and I can share love with them, not because they are going to receive it well, not because they are going to treat me well, but because I trust God to do a work in them and I trust God to do a work in me. Even those that I'm closest to, in community with, I can trust them because I trust that the Holy Spirit is working in them. It's not necessarily them that I ultimately trust. It's that I trust God working through them. To go that far, I don't even know that I can trust myself. And if I can't trust myself, I'm paralyzed. And I don't move on anything, but I can trust God. And I can trust God to work through this flawed individual and give me the strength to stand and move and go and forgive and love. If anybody had an excuse to run and hide and want wings like an eagle to fly away, it was David. But he trusted God in the midst of all the things that he went through. 
And God said he was a man after his own heart. And that he was used mightily to even set a stage for us to be able to be here today. Because this is part of his legacy as well. So what do we do with this? The first thing that we've got to recognize and realize is that there's, there's things that we probably just need to simply let go of. Things that we try to own, things that we try to control, things that we try to manipulate, things that we try to avoid so that we don't have to deal with the difficult things. We just got to let go. Your life is not yours. The throne that you sit on that determines what you do with your life, that's a throne that should be given to God. Because he's the only one that can truly do what needs to be done with your life. Trust me, I'm looking at you right now. That was a joke. <laughs> Thank you. I love the delayed laugh. Those are the best. That means she's like processing. She's like, ah, I got that. Listen, we need to let go. And as we let go and we free God to work freely in our lives and we trust that he is working in whoever it be, good or bad, Man, we can live freed from chains and just be the person that God has asked us to be. And some of you understand that. Some of you know that. Some of you want that. But the next step for you is to simply step into it. Allow yourself to be in community with others. Being vulnerable. Testing how much you trust. Testing how much you're allowing people into your lives. Because if we can't even love one another in the church, how can we love those that don't even know they need love? We need community. We need to be a part of this on Sundays, but we need to be a part of this throughout our week and allowing our lives to be shaped and formed by each other through the counsel and direction of the Holy Spirit. And then some of you have been on the sidelines that theoretically you know this, you've done this in the past, and maybe you just feel too tired. Maybe you feel like there's other people that are doing it, but God has called you and asked you to step up and, and lead and be that person in your family, be that person at work, be that person at church that is stepping up and standing up and saying, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to love those that are unlovable. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do the things that God has asked me to do. Maybe that's your next step. Think about it. The few things that I just mentioned, who does that sound like? It sounds like David. sounds like Daniel. It sounds like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The God that cared and loved and worked through them is the same God 
that wants to care and work through you. So let's let him. Let's step out of the way and give him our throne. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. And God, we pray that our lives will be better reflections of you. And God, we pray that our hearts will be mended by you and that we feel strengthened by you, not by ourselves, but by the work and the love that you fill us with. God, help us to step out of the way and help, help us to give you the reins and let you do what you need to do in our lives so that we can be that church, that we can be that people, that we can be that light. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. Have a great week.